actually ran a survey last week for Mother Honesty and half of our moms said that they've reduced their working hours or they've gone part-time or they've left the workforce since the pandemic. That is over 50% of moms within our community who have been affected negatively by the pandemic. The other 50% that more than likely still have their jobs, I am worried for them because these are women that are basically out there largely unsupported and they continue to plow on, right? They continue to show up and hoping that, you know, they can make it another day without help, without support. Luckily, some schools are back in session. So, you know, childcare is picking up a little bit. That has really, really helped. But, you know, the majority of moms still have to deal with, you know, the shortened school days, hybrid schedules, some virtual components and the lack of activities in general, which means you're, you're, you're home with the kids half of the time, even if they're in some form of school. And so what we're seeing is that mom is still getting the short end of the stick. And statistically, right, moms are the ones who are also the caregiver. Um, and what we've seen is that just a little bit of men have stepped up at home sharing that parental load. And more often than, than, than not, it's usually the working mother that is also bearing the brunt of the child care responsibilities. I'm your host, Michelle King, and you're listening to The Fix, a podcast that shares the stories of remarkable people who are innovating and taking action to advance equality in the workplace and beyond. Before we start, I have a quick announcement. As many of you know, this is episode 143, and we're in year three of The Fix podcast with over 100,000 downloads. Over the years, I've interviewed incredible guests, and every week they share their fix for equality. Well, this International Women's Day, I've been reviewing how I can use the podcast to provide you all with even more insight, research, education, and opportunities to take action every day to advance equality. So today I have an exciting announcement. The Fix has a new co-host. Kelly Thompson will be joining us on the show. Kelly is an expert on workplace inequality and a partner at the law firm RPC in the United Kingdom. Hi everyone, it's Kelly here, your new co-host. I'm delighted to be here with Michelle. This podcast matters to me because whenever I talk to my children about privilege and inequity, which I do an awful lot, I'm crossing my fingers in hopes that they'll inherit a more equal working world. The good news is that we all have the power to contribute to that greater equality. And I do believe that this is an individual and collective responsibility. By sharing stories and learning from the work of amazing people and businesses like those featured on this podcast, we can move that dial more quickly and more sustainably. I'm so thrilled to be co-hosting this podcast with Kelly. Together, we are going to give you even more in-depth episodes that you can use and share to build a more equal working world. Thank you all so much for being such an incredibly loyal and engaged audience. It really makes all the hard work worthwhile. Now let's get started with today's episode. In the Great Recession, men lost as twice as many jobs as women. But from February to May in the United States, 11.5 million women lost their jobs compared with 9 million men because of business closures intended to stop the spread of COVID-19. By the end of April, women's job losses had erased a decade of employment gains. 
Before 2020, all recessions were either man sessions or women's and men's employment was negatively impacted at roughly equal rates. In contrast, in the 2020 recession, job losses are much higher for women. At its peak, women's unemployment had risen by 2.9 percentage points more than men's unemployment. In this economic crisis, job losses have shot across industries where women, particularly black and Latina women, hold a disproportionate number of jobs, such as hospitality, leisure and education. Blessing Our Design, the founder and CEO of Mother Honestly, a global community for working mothers, will be joining us on the show today to discuss the impact of the current She Session. Blessing will share research her organisation has undertaken to better understand the impact of the economic downturn on working mothers, and importantly, what we can do to tackle this issue. I'm the founder and CEO of Mother Honestly. Uh, Mother Honestly is a platform that is helping women reimagine how to thrive in motherhood, work, and life. And what do we mean by that? We really talk about how do we help women effectively combine work and family in a way that allows them to build better careers and happier homes. And we've been in operation for over two and a half years, um, supporting over 300,000 mothers um, in the United States and around the world. What we're seeing and hearing from mothers is that, you know, a lot of us hitting the pandemic wall right now. I mean, I'm, I'm worried um, about that, but I think what we're seeing is this mass exodus, right, of women out of the workforce. It's been a year since the pandemic, and we now know what we knew before, but now it's pretty much clear that women are the one paying heavily for this pandemic. Um, a lot of companies are coming out with, you know, their fourth quarter results. And we're seeing that most Fortune 500 companies had a great 2020, right? A lot of them have exceeded their profit expectations um, or their profit objectives. And what we're seeing is that this is the complete opposite for women, especially women in America who completely have been abandoned either by government or by employers. A lot of women are out there leaving their jobs in droves because they don't have the support um, that they need in order to thrive at work. There's a lot of, you know, flexibility being thrown around, which, you know, when we think about how we got that flexibility, it's really through COVID, right? It isn't like employers woke up one day and decided that, hey, we're going to start giving everyone this opportunity to work from home. It really was a result of the pandemic. That really has been the extent of the support that employers have given to working women. A lot of moms are having to provide for their family as well as provide the caregiving, right? So to provide the finances, but also provide the caregiving. And what we're seeing is that this is causing a strain on mom and work and even on their own mental health as well. So we, we have a lot going on um, in the United States, I think that, you know, 2021 is not looking any better for working mothers. You might have seen PwC's Women in Work Index, which looks at OECD countries where unemployment increased during 2020. In 70% of those countries, women were most badly affected. Perhaps the starkest message is this. In order to fully recover to pre-COVID levels by 2030... Progress on gender equality needs to be twice as fast as its historical rate. But this is not going to be easy. A recent McKinsey and & Co and Lean In report found that one in four women are contemplating downshifting their careers or leaving the workforce altogether. And as Blessing warns us, the mass exodus of working women may not be a short-term problem. 
we actually ran a survey last week for Mother Honestly, and half of our moms said that they've reduced their working hours or they've gone part-time or they've left the workforce since the pandemic. That is over 50% of, you know, just moms within our community who have been affected negatively by the pandemic. The other 50% that more than likely still have their jobs, I am worried for them. I'm worried for them because these are women that are basically out there largely unsupported and they continue to plow on, right? They continue to show up and hoping that, you know, they can make it another day without help, without support. Luckily, some schools are back in session. So, you know, childcare is picking up a little bit. That has really, really helped. But, you know, the majority of moms still have to deal with, you know, the shortened school days, hybrid schedules, some virtual components, and the lack of activities in general, which means you're you're home with the kids half of the time, even if they're in some form of school. And so what we're seeing is that mom is still getting the short end of the stick. And statistically, right, moms are the ones who are also the caregiver. Um, And what we've seen is that just a little bit of men have stepped up at home sharing that parental load. And more often than, than, than not, it's usually the working mother that is also bearing the brunt of the child care responsibilities. The pandemic has exposed existing gaps in state support systems for families, as well as the disproportionate burden borne by women. Worryingly, the UN found that globally only 10% of all COVID-19 response measures are aimed at strengthening women's economic security. Some countries are bucking the trend. They've provided a broad range of support, including targeted cash and food assistance, emergency measures for female entrepreneurs, and securing childcare provisions throughout the lockdown period. But I think governments need to apply intersectional thinking to this crisis. As the poet Damien Barr said, we're all in the same storm, but not in the same boat. No doubt about it, COVID-19 is a discriminator, attacking the most vulnerable and marginalized in society, including economically. Here Blessing talks about the particular challenges women of color face during this she session. There are two ways to break it down. We can break it down to racial and, and socioeconomic status. And what we've seen, I think the numbers that came out in December made it very clear that women of color have been affected by this pandemic in more ways than our white counterparts. The 160,000 jobs that were lost in the United States in December were 100% accounted for by women of color. So these are Black and Latino women, where majority of them in the service sector. And so what we mean by that is, you know, people that are in the hospitality sector or events that are not exactly happening, right? And they've not been protected by by law. And so their jobs were already on the chopping block. And I guess it's December and there aren't really any events. And so those jobs were on the chopping block. A lot of these women, women of color and also of lower socioeconomical status are also women in the front lines, right? They are the ones in the service industry that are, you know, either in the restaurants or, you know, grocery store. And these women are also being affected by this pandemic because there aren't really lots of jobs and they are not protected in any way as well. So I think going into 2021, which is, you know, we're already in here, is really trying to focus on how can we create solutions? right? Sustainable solutions that can not only support all women, but especially 
differentiate solutions for working um, for women of color and women of social different socioeconomical status. And so that is the challenge. And you know, I laugh because I think yes, we can work on you know family-friendly policies and family-friendly workplaces, but there still needs to be more done when it comes to just even our employment policies, right? Various policies around the United States that can support especially women and women of color. Women are doing significantly more domestic chores and family care because of the impact of the pandemic. Even before the pandemic, it was estimated women were doing about three quarters of the 16 billion hours of unpaid work that are done each day around the world. In other words, before coronavirus, For every one hour of unpaid work done by men, three hours were done by women. And now that figure is higher. Here Blessing shares what men can do to help solve the she session. I think that if you're a man listening to this and you're still not doing anything um, beyond just sitting down and, you know, throwing ball at your child once in a while during your breaks, then, you know, you need to sit down and have a conversation with your spouse. And it's the same thing for the woman as well. I think that we are, we are at a point in our society where, especially if it's a dual career household, there is no longer a question of whether or not, you know, it should be shared parental load. It is an absolute must because what we're seeing is that the work is disproportionately falling on the woman's shoulders. And she is also still responsible for working and bringing in some income and also responsible for all the mental load, right? Because again, it's not just the execution of the task. It is also the, who is gonna pick this up? What is missing at home? Who is picking up the laundry? When do we actually wash them? There's a whole bunch of different thoughts and processes that that take place besides just the execution of the task. And what we're seeing is that a lot of men are claiming, when we look at the statistics, we're hearing that, dad is claiming that they're actually stepping up and helping and what they're actually just doing is some execution right and it's there's there's more to the parental load than execution i think that what we need to start talking about is the ownership right taking full ownership of a task and not just saying i'm gonna drop off the kid well thank you for dropping off the kid but uh, there's more to it, right? We had to fill out the form for the summer camp. We had to call to make sure that they have all the vaccination records, sending all the vet records and all those different things and actually pay and make sure it went through. So there's just a whole bunch of different activities, you know, packing up the lunch or whatever that needs to happen for that summer camp drop off, right? So again, having to actually sit down and understand the steps that it takes to actually complete a task is going to be very crucial for the male. And I think that a lot of women just don't have the time. That's what we're hearing from a lot of our moms is that it's, you know, I'm just going to do it myself because by the time I have to break everything down, I might as well just get it done. And, you know, we're starting to actually coach moms to take the time. If you have to take that time once or twice to actually get through the steps and then you don't have to do that task again, then guess who wins? We actually calculated some of the hours and we're like, you're saving up, you know, 30, 40 hours, you know, for the next couple of months, just by spending that three to four hours breaking down the task. And, you know, unfortunately, this shouldn't fall on the woman, right? It should be dad being proactive. From immediate relief efforts to longer term recovery strategies, all sectors of society, including business, have a responsibility to ensure actions are taken to combat COVID-19 and that these actions are responsive to the unique and unequal impact on women.
Here, Blessing shares what companies can do to tackle this issue. A lot of employers, especially when the pandemic first came and everyone was, you know, running around trying to figure out solutions, a lot of employers stepped up and started asking questions, right? What can we do? What can we do? What can we do? And I think a lot of them ran into roadblocks, right? And I'm not sure if those roadblocks were legal roadblocks. A lot of them ran into roadblocks and pulled back. For some of them, you know, they said, you know what? I think we've done enough by by accommodating this flexibility, right? And by, you know, providing childcare or backup care or what have you. So a lot of employers stepped up to ask the right questions and not many of them followed through. At least that's what, that's the impression that we got um, from our mothers is that, you know, employers asked questions, they checked in with them, but there, there were no real solutions um, beyond what was already in place by the company. When we look at whether people are going out, whether companies are going above and beyond, I think that, you know, some companies have stepped up and some companies are providing the care and the support that employees truly need. And then we've seen some company just, again, the status quo, right? And, and just keep things going, don't want to spend any money. We, we got childcare and that's great. It's a mixed bag and we're always going to see that in any situation. It's a mixed bag of solutions. Finally, Blessing shares one thing that she believes everyone can do to value working mothers. I think honestly, it is respect. It sounds, I I never thought I would ever say that, but you know, I think it's respect because I think that women are just not respected enough at home and and at work. And I think that's why we continue to see the valuation, right? This continuous devaluation of women in our society is just the lack of respect. When you look at any relationship, right, in a marriage, when a marriage is having problems, sometimes huge problems, the first thing you notice is the lack of respect, right? Because once the respect is broken down, there's really not much you can achieve anymore in that marriage or in that relationship. And so that's exactly what we're seeing is that employers don't respect women enough. This can be cascaded right down to just the managers. Um, you know, a manager that is penalizing someone just because they have a kid. I truly believe that it's coming from a place of disrespect. If I truly respect this person and I truly value this person and I truly believe that this person has the credentials and the abilities to get the work done, then I shouldn't be penalizing that person. And so what I would love for every single person to do is just fully and truly respect women, fully and truly respect girls. And, you know, continue to do the work that it takes to ensure that our society becomes more equal. And we can start very small. We can start by not penalizing women in the workplace. We can start by doing our own fair share of work um, at home. If you truly respect your spouse, then you shouldn't allow them to continue to break their backs for you or, or for the family. It should be an equal front by each individual. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Blessings Insights was so helpful in unpacking the crisis women are facing around the world. And we need to bring much more awareness to this disparity. King's College London reported that despite the unprecedented situation, people surveyed were more likely to think the job loss due to COVID was down to personal failure than bad luck. So the fix for every company this week, building on Blessings Call to Arms, is to lead with compassion. As the line between work and home life blurs, leaders do not have the luxury of ignoring what is going on outside the building or office hours. Leading with compassion means showing up to understand the challenges your people are facing.
and then building your workplace interventions to meet those challenges. There isn't much use in giving subsidised childcare if your women are actually buckling under the weight of disproportionate elder care burdens. Offering sabbaticals will be a short-term lifeline for some women, but for others it will cement their untimely and permanent exit from the workforce. Businesses must also avoid the trap of issuing a policy but nothing more. A modern flexible working policy is great if it's designed to help people balance work and home life. But it must also be reflected in the day-to-day lived experience. I must know that my manager will support me working flexibly and that my career won't stall. Otherwise, the policy doesn't work and the effort is wasted. And crucially, the culture is damaged. Companies can avoid that disconnect by embedding their policies across all organisational practices by creating ownership and accountability for policy outcomes and by rewarding behaviours which support and don't undermine their aims. But it's not just businesses. The onus also sits with each of us as individuals and family members. We can't achieve equality at work if we don't experience it at home. The key to achieving this at work and home is disrupting our denial about the challenges we face. We have to acknowledge the invisible load that many women disproportionately carry at home if we want to remove the challenges it creates for the women in our lives. To all the men listening to this, carrying your share of the load at home starts with openly discussing what activities you can undertake and own. Do you do an equal amount of the pickups, drop-offs, clubs, activities, cooking, cleaning, and bedtimes? And if the load isn't shared equally, Was this an active decision that you made as a family, or was this simply the default position that you fell into? What active decisions can you make now to share the load at home? Beyond this, I want to encourage every single person to take up the 100 Actions for Equality campaign. I created 100 actions that every single person can take to build a more equal working world. All you have to do is visit www.100actionsforequality.com and take up the challenge today. Thank you all for tuning into our episode today. If you are interested in partnering with us or being a guest on the show, then please reach out through our website, thefixpodcast.org. You can also sign up to our weekly newsletter and contribute your story there. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you again next week.